0: This is Business Growth Radio Solutions on Demand. Uh, The show number is 4.6, which means season four, show six, and today's topic is going to be on the 20-year plan. In other words, I picked 20 years. It could be 10 years. It could be 30 years, depending upon your perspective as a business owner, in terms of when are you going to get out. Uh, You are listening to WNTW 820 AM and 92.7 FM, The Answer. All right, let's get started. So if you want to if you want to passively be involved in the show today, here's what you do. You go to my website or the website for GrowthWorks Media. Um your host William Eastman, I'm the managing partner for GrowthWorks and I'm in charge of the GrowthWorks Media uh channel. You can go to growthradio.biz. Um, That's growthradio.biz. Um and when you get there, then you'll see that uh, we've got a full feature and uh where I'd like you to go is I'd like you to go to podcast, quick podcast and what you'll see is you'll see today's show all right if uh you want to be more active and you want to participate in what's going on ask questions get some of the issues answered around your own business that you want to handle uh you can call in at 804-454-1366 again that is 804-454-1366 i got a couple shout outs uh to start with one uh uh, somebody uh, who was running a great business, who I've got to know personally, and that's Robert Hutchinson down in Amelia, uh, Virginia, at Deer Run Farms. Uh, good morning, Robert. Hopefully you are uh, able to get the show. Uh, also, Andy Schulich at Metamorphosis Management Consulting. Uh, Andy is a, a, a key part of what we do, and a lot of our expertise comes from Andy. Uh, ben Meredith at Ben Meredith's uh, Solutions, and Ben is uh, one of the best people in the world on CRM and CRM software. Uh, then there's Nelson Phillips at Financially Fit uh, Business Solutions and uh, the, probably one of the best people in the area around getting you the type of commercial loans and lines of credit, etc. that you need. In other words, building into credit your company. And that's critical as we talk about today's theme. And finally, my partner in crime over at uh, Greenmark Consulting Group, Stephen Cohen. He's also the owner of BCLS Landscaping in Ashland. And um, if you get need anything related to landscape, Uh, work I definitely recommend you give uh, Stephen a call or if you are in the landscape business and looking for some consulting help uh, Stephen has only successfully run four businesses and generated probably over a hundred million dollars in and revenue so he knows what he's doing now what I'd like to do is I'd like to congratulate uh, the station manager and today the man on the panel because this is a killer new studio Asher Purvis Asher how you doing
1: I'm doing great how about you
0: Oh, well, it uh, was a long week last week. We, uh, you know, and I, I'll just be honest, we had, um, we had some accounts receivable challenges, and I found that going on the road and having face-to-face meetings was exactly what we needed to do.
1: That's pretty candid. I know that uh, it's a sensitive subject for a lot of people.
0: Yeah, well, you know, if you own a business, you know how it goes. And, uh, and so when they get, my, my view of the universe is any AR that goes over 30 days is a loan. I'm not a bank we we do a lot of things at growth works but being a bank is not one of them so tell me about the studio what what inspired you to build this
1: um well we uh we, we, I think I mentioned this to you last time I and mean, you were supposed to be the first live show in the studio and you were the first live show in the studio, but you were not here. So I Tracy know and I, and I, and I felt bad because I oh. was,
0: I called you from Ohio.
1: Uh-huh. Well, there's uh you were, you were doing what you need to do. So we understand. And you sounded great uh, coming through here and uh, technically it took the pressure off of us because we're rolling out the studio for the first time and there's nobody in the studio. So it, it does, uh, <laughs> that does take a lot of the pressure off. Uh. Uh, but uh, what inspired me to do this? i um, You know, a lot of the higher end studios, uh, and I've seen them um, just uh, in in my time in radio. I've I've seen what they look like. Have uh, separated control rooms and studios, and it allows for a lot more production by the producer. We can actually kind of tune out the show for just a minute, and we can, you know, grab a clip for somebody without, uh, you know, having it go over the speakers or bother anybody. We can have the phone calls here, and we can have louder discussions with the people on the phone, and we don't have to, you know, hey, yeah. Hold on one second. Yeah, let me get your name. So we don't have to whisper anymore. Uh, or or hand signals. Call. We
0: used to be pretty good with the, with the hand signals.
1: And speaking of, we, we do have a caller here on, on line one. So I might have to phase out and find out who that is.
0: Okay. All right. Thanks, Asher. So, yeah, I, I'm pretty excited. I wish I was in the studio last week. I had a chance to watch Brother Craig on Saturday and uh, on his Facebook feed. And by the way, we are live on Facebook. So if you'd like to watch the, the show, that's Growth Works. Growth. Uh, W O R X. And you can watch this as a live feed. If you really want to look at me, I'm not sure I'd recommend that. I've got a face for radio. Uh, so however, in the world we're in, if you're going to use social media for marketing and sales, you have to have video. And so, you know, this is another case of I do something I don't want to do because it's required. And so, and for any business owner out there who's going, ah, I don't, I don't buy into that Twitter stuff or the LinkedIn stuff or the Facebook, Hey, trust me, if you're not on, you don't exist. And that's not a helpful place to be, uh, in terms of marketing and sales. Okay. So let me take you where you should be so we can start the show and I can lay the groundwork Growth Radio.biz, Growth Radio.biz, so that's Growthradio.biz, Growthradio.biz. so it's G R O W T H R A D I O dot B I Z. And if you go to the podcast page, well you'll see it at the very top show four dot six, which by the way is chapter six of our interactive book, owner as executive and what we're going to be talking about here is the 20-year or 30-year or 10-year plan depending upon where you stand currently in your business and the idea behind this and this is kind of a continuation of show two when we when I said so who are you and I offered to anybody who wanted to take it we had quite a few people do it Uh, we put on a free online survey to kinda say for the characteristics of successful business owners um, where are you on that? And so this is kind of picking up as we laid the groundwork in a couple other areas. Uh, so that's where you should be. And if you look at that site and you click two choices, what that'll do is it will take you to our blog page. Now the other way you can get there is our blog, which is owner life. And let me spell it for you because we purposely misspelled it so that we could uh, brand it. So that's O W N R no E there, dot L I F E and that'll take you to my blog site. And if you, when you go there, uh, what you'll find in, uh, is a series, at least like a magazine, you'll find a series of uh, icons or images. If you go to the left uh, top left-hand corner box, click that, because that's always where the latest uh, post is going to be, you'll see today's show notes. Okay, so with that, join a conversation at 804-454-1366. That's 804-454-1366. Or... Go to the website growthradio.biz um, and get involved with today's show because the focus is going to be what's your end game? All right. So, uh, what I talked about in in chapter two uh, was this: is that if you look at all the attributes that are required to be really or competencies, depending upon how you want to use the word, uh, that are required to. Build a market dominating force. One uh, a company, one of those companies that is a market dominator. Uh, it's the elite of the elite in terms of your market, whether it's a local market, it's a regional market, it's a national market, it's a global market. Is that about? Um, and I think what I have on here is two and a half of one percent of the of the entrepreneurs out there, business owners out there have everything that's required to pull this off innately. In other words, they just got the tool set somehow between uh, their DNA from their parents and their educational experience. They're perfectly suited for the rest of us, including me is that means that either one, I will never maximize my potential as a business owner and the potential of the business. um, If I don't get help. And so that's really where we're at here is that you can grow the business as far as you can take the company. And I know for the, for the long-term listeners to the show, uh, we've talked about this a lot is that all small businesses are idiosyncratic. And what that means is they take on the characteristics of the owner. So it gets as big as the owner can get. And if the owner cannot either one grow beyond themselves and pick up some skill sets, they don't have or number two is bring in people into the company. And that could be consultants, but that certainly is more a, a issue of hiring to cover their weaknesses. The company is going to be stopped and it's not going to grow any further. In fact, we have a name for it. We call it the founder trap. And, and most, most business owners struggle with this. If you're new to business, you've been in for four or five years, you probably haven't had the, the beatings that come with, if you've been in business 15 or 20 years, you come to realize that you don't have all the answers. And so where do you find them? So what we're doing here uh, on WNTW, and we've been doing all year, is that we broke the year into four business quarters and those four business quarters uh, correspond uh, to our season. Season one was about money or revenue. And uh, what we talked about was stop leaving money on the table. We had a growth economy going on. And so there was a lot of pent up demand that suddenly was released. Were you getting your fair share? Uh, season two, which started in um, April, the focus there was, okay, got the revenue coming in. By the way, this was not getting more clients as much or customers as much as it was getting better margin customers and clients. And then season two, uh, the focus here was it's not what you make, it's what you keep. And the idea here is how do I look at costs so that I can increase margins and profitability. And we focused on that. And season three, which ended in September, uh, our focus there was winning the talent war is that with this expanding economy, And unemployment being as low as it is, how do I create an operation, a process, an organization where I am attracting the best people, I'm selecting the best people, and I'm keeping the best people? And we went through all that. And so if you want to look at any of those shows, my recommendation is uh, growthradio.biz, go to podcast. And if you scroll to the bottom of the page, you will see we have uh, seasons one, two, and three archived. And if you just click that, it'll take you into our SoundCloud um, page, and you can listen to any of those shows or download them. Everything is approximately 50 minutes in duration, and it covers the topic. But today's show is, okay, where am I taking a company? Uh, so what I want to do is, if you're on the blog page, and hopefully you are, um, because I'm going to read this to you simply because if you're being super passive and you're doing nothing, um, I'll read this so It's the context of the show. And this is an obituary. Now, I dummied this up, and I changed it a little bit. However, this is a true obituary uh, for a business owner. And it says, Jonathan Doe passed away today at the age of 55. A well-known business owner and serial entrepreneur, he was found dead at his desk by his employees Monday morning. He was working over the weekend and apparently died sometime between Friday night and Monday morning. Although no one missed him over the weekend because of his dedication to the business, foul play is not suspected. He leaves behind a loving wife, Brenda, and four children, Jonathan Jr., Quincy, Frederick, and Sarah. Jonathan was known in the, for his community service in various business and retail food services and hospitality. He was a giving employer and greatly loved by his employees because of his concern for them. However, he left his family in considerable distress. the latest evaluation of the business leaves his estate with only enough money to pay off his loans, taxes, and for the funeral when when asked, his son Jonathan remarked, "I will miss him. he was always working and I never had enough he had never had enough time for me. I was looking forward to getting to know him better in lieu of sending flowers, his friends are asked to send their donations to The Save Brenda Fund. Now, that's pretty stark and pretty scary, but I can tell you that that's quite true. In fact, my partner at Greenmark, Stephen Cohen, uh, had a landscape company he'd worked with, and a guy was a personal friend as well as a client uh, up in New Jersey. And he passed away at uh, probably about 55, 56 years old. And his mother asked him to go through his effects. And this guy had gone through a couple divorces. He was estranged from his children. Um, he was living in his mother's basement. Stephen went through all his papers and realized that exactly what I talked about here, there was enough money to pay off his taxes, his debts, and, uh, you know, pay for the funeral. But there was no money left for his children. And this is a stark reality for most business owners because if you don't start attending to it early, a lot of times this is where you wind up and that's going to be the focus of tonight's, uh, today's show is let's not wind up there. So if you get a chance to look at that, that's at owner life, O W N R dot L I F E. And it's the first one. It says show four dot six chapter six of the book. Okay. And so, so then what that leaves us is, so what do I do? What's kind of, how do, how do I fit into this? And so, here's what I'd like you to do. This is kind of a practical exercise that I want to start with. And that is, I want you to think about when you intend to be out of the business, whatever that time frame is, 10, 20, 30 years, doesn't matter. The number of years doesn't matter. And what I'd like you to do, I'd like you to write your own obituary. Okay. Now, the reason I say that, what do I mean by your obituary is that I'm going to give you the, the ability to do something that you simply can't do uh, on your own. Uh, most of us don't know when the date comes, when we're no longer here, we don't know who, where we're going to die. We don't know what the status of our life is going to be at that point in time. And so I'm going to give you the rare opportunity of writing your own obituary, because I think that that'll kind of give you a sense for where you want to take this, where would you like to go? Okay. And so so first of all, you get to pick. All right, what year did you die? What year is that? Okay. Number two is I want you then to also pick what you died of, and where. Okay, and and that's kind of critical because it you know is it kind of passive and you you died in your sleep, which says something about you, or were you um, were you ninety five on your crotch rocket? You know your you know your Kawasaki twelve hundred or your no your Ducati twelve hundred with uh, one hundred fifty horsepower screeching down the road. Uh, how did it happen? Uh, just as an aside, uh, my father worked at the Kennedy Space Center, and uh, we got to know some of the astronauts. I'm not going to say personally, but we got to know them. And one of the great uh, Apollo astronauts was a guy by the name of Pete Conrad, and Pete um, Pete died. Um, at eighty five he had just been diagnosed with cancer, so he took out his crotch rocket and he died on a mountain pass and people are not sure whether or not he flew off the mountain on purpose or you know it just kind of happened and so I find that, I find it incredibly interesting in terms of do we select how we go down or do we or do we just kind of let it happen? but I think that 's critical for you to write that. Then the next thing I w- would like you to do. And by the way, this is on the blog site, so you've got all this information. Uh, Next thing I'd like you to do is I'd like you to talk about what are the major roles that you played. If you're going to write this obituary, you're going to have to get all this stuff in there. And what I mean by that is obviously if you have family, you have children, um, your father, okay, so that's one role. Um, Your husband, if you're married, or your wife, depending upon your gender. Uh, or your orientation, but where are you there in terms of uh, that relationship? Where are you with uh, what's your, been your role with your immediate family, your your brothers and sisters, your parents, uh, your nieces and nephews? Uh, what what was your role in the community? In other words, make this composite kind of a three sixty of who you are and where you have been, and I would heartily recommend that that's what you do there now. What did you accomplish? In each one of those roles, what I'd like you to do is write down what did what did you do? What did you accomplish in that role? And then finally, underneath that is what were your accomplishments? Uh, I mean, not, excuse me, accomplishments, but what are some of the things that you did? Like you joined a rotary, you became president of the rotary, or you volunteered for your local church and you became a, um, a de- uh, not a deacon, but you became one of the elders in the church or you donated time to a food bank. But what I'd like you to do is talk about the activities that you got into. Now the purpose of this is for you to kind of define how it's going to end. Now I can't tell you, uh, I can't tell you where that's going to be because none of us know. Um, I do know at my age, I have more water in my wake than I have in front of me on, in front of the bow. In other words, it's mostly it's gone. So, but still, I think that we can kind of dictate some of the terms of when we, when we have our last breath on this planet and we move on to what's next. And so that's what I want you to consider. So if you take out a pencil and paper right now, what I'd like you to do is at least jot down those questions and let me run through them again. Uh, number one is, when did you die? What's your age? Number two, what did you die of? And where were you when you died? Um, number three would be, what are the major roles that you played? in your life, and I want you to cover everything. I want you to cover family, friends, the business, and I'm going to get to the business a little bit more here um, after the first break, Um, but cover all the roles that you see yourself. I mean, you know, what I think is telling is if any of you have been to Monticello and you've been to uh, uh, Thomas Jefferson's grave, uh, you notice that if you've read it, um, the fact that he was president of the United States is not on his tombstone or on his mark or the obelisk that the small obelisk that's there Um, if I if my memory serves me its Declaration of Independence the Virginia Bill of Rights and the founder of the University of Virginia now here's a guy who probably had a more as significant an intellectual impact on the United States founding as anybody probably him in Madison Uh, and yet he doesn't even talk about the fact that he was one of the most successful presidents leader of a party because ultimately to him, that didn't matter. Those were the things that he mattered. And so that's what I want you to kind of come to is if we're talking about your business, it would be your tagline. You know, what, what is it that you want the business known for? Like in our company, the way we look at our clients, it is perform profit renew. In other words, you already got a business going. Is it performing up to its capacity? And if it isn't, let's get that done then number two, turn our focus to your profits. Are you as profitable as you should be? And let's do that. And then when you've finished with that, if you don't intend to sell the business, then how do I renew this and start this all over again? And so that's what I mean in terms of roles. So what are the roles that you want to be known for? Uh, then, uh, what are the accomplishments in each one of those roles? And then finally, after you go through the accomplishments, it's what are the activities? And what you have right there is you have enough information to write a narrative, an an obituary of what you've done and what you want to be known for because you know, that's what we're leaving behind. Uh, we're not only leaving behind uh, our DNA in terms of our children, but we're also leaving behind the relationships and as a business owner, and I know how critical the business is because most of us who do this almost like salmon, I had a conversation. uh, I'm actually considering hiring a business coach. I do this. So interesting perspective. I do business coaching for some of my accounts. And yet I'm thinking about hiring a business coach because what do I need? I need the accountability to get stuff done that I'm not doing because I let low, I let the, I let the urgent that's not necessarily critical take over for the important things that are part of the long term uh, business. And so, we all need that in order to get focused. And building this obituary is kind of a discipline about where where are you going in life. Now, um, I've got about a minute and a half before the first break, so if you'd like to engage in this conversation, 804-454-1366. That's 804-454-1366. Or go to our website, growthradio.biz, growthradio.biz, um, and you can go to the podcast. You'll see what today's show is about. And if you click, if you click the link in there, the second one, it'll take you to our blog site and what you have there listed um, are these questions. And so when we come back from the break, where are we going to take the conversation? I'm now going to be talking specifically about the business and most of you who were with us in season one, when we talked about branding, we're coming back to that topic of vision, mission, and values. And so, Now what we're going to do is we're going to talk about where did the company go because the mission statement from a company is where the company is going to be in some distant date. Well, guess what? You've already started writing it. And so with that, what I'll do is I'll sign out for the next uh, three minutes, let the uh, news take over, join us in the conversation either by calling 804-454-1366 or go to the website growthradio.biz we mm-hmm. We're back. This is Business Growth Radio, Solutions On Demand. You are listening to WNTW, 820 AM or 92.7 FM, The Answer. I'm William Eastman, managing partner for the Growth Works Corporation and the person responsible for one of our channels, GrowthWorks Media. And today's show is show uh, 4.6, meaning season four, show six, and it's on the 20-year plan. And the focus here is for business owners about how do they begin to decide when and how they're getting out of the company now the big thing here is that you cannot talk about that without talking about life and because even though your business is probably at least fifty percent of the time that you spend the reality is that uh... it's it's a, a significant part of us if it wasn't we would be working for somebody collecting a check and maybe in our obituary which is what we were talking about before the break uh... the obituary would not read anything other than Oh, he was like my father. He was a methods engineer, uh, working at the Kennedy space center. And so we're bigger than that because being in business is part of who we are and we're making a statement about ourselves. So the idea of the obituary was, Hey, uh, where do I want to be in total terms as a 360, as a complete person? And then where does the business fit into that? Okay. So now, and, um, I just had a call from Andy Schuick over the break, and so if you're on the, um, if you're on the blog site, uh, you all, all you'll see is the obituary right below that click more, and that should take you to the rest of it. And, and if that doesn't work and if the, and by the way, this is not me, it's technical. If not, then what I'll do is I'll post these questions up, uh, for you, uh, on a separate uh, blog post and I'll put it into the podcast area. So you'll have a link. All right. So now let's focus solely on the business you know, what you've done is you're basically going to be able to write your obituary uh, for everything except the company. Now, you did a little bit on it, but let's go, let's drill down on that because this is a business show. Uh, I'm not a life coach. And so let's start with what was the dream? In other words, when you started off, you had a dream. When you decided to risk everything and not collect a check signed by somebody else that you were going to go to work for somebody else's company and you were going to take the risk on and do it yourself, you had a dream. What was that dream? What were you, what were you really thinking you're going to do here? And because the business is always a statement about the owner. It's always a statement about the owner because when people look at the owner and they look at the business, I don't think they see any difference. And as we talked about in the opening segment, and we've talked about uh, last season when we were talking about winning the talent war is that companies take on the characteristics of the owner. And so a lot of times you, you can't tell the difference when I'm working with clients, that's one of the big things that I've got to do is begin to move the business away from being an extension of, of the owner's personality into a viable business operation that certainly has the owner's fingerprints all over it but it's much more than just an extension of them it's an entity it's an economic entity that has a social network much like a family and that's how you get work done in the company and so where I like to do is I like to start with the dream. What was the dream? What were you trying to consider? So I would ask you to add that to the list and I'll go back to the list here in a second as I do these. And so what dream did you have now with me? Let me share my dream. Uh, what got me out of large corporate consulting? Cause I hadn't really thought it this way because even though I had started three companies, we did a lot of work as subcontractors through with other consul- training and consulting firms. So it wasn't around until 2001, 2002 that I really addressed this. Uh, And, in fact, it was a document, someone like this, where I sat down and did my own obituary and said, well, really, where am I going to take this new entity? And so my dream was this, um, that large corporations can afford high-priced consultants. If you want good talent, you're going to pay for it. And most of these large companies, like if you hire a McKenzie um, or Ernst & Young, or Price Cooper's Waterhouse, you know, the the big guys, the big five, uh, you can bet on paying anywhere from twenty five hundred to four thousand dollars a day for their talent. Now, if you have a a founder, you know somebody who owns part of the business, one of the partners, you could be paying ten to fifteen thousand dollars a day. A standard McKinsey contract is two hundred fifty thousand dollars a month, and what they're getting is they're getting good information, and it's worth what they're paying this is not a conversation about what it's worth. The conversation is what you can afford. And so my dream for the business for GrowthWorks was simple. How do I take all this knowledge that we use in large corporate consulting and productize it? In other words, I wanted to take knowledge out of people's heads and instead of running in most consulting companies, uh, it's a talent-based organization. You basically sell calendar and you manage brains. That's the essence of these businesses. So what we had to do is we said, okay, how do we take what's in their head and instead of making it a talent-based business, because nobody can afford the talent, if I, if I sent you somebody that you were willing to pay, um, they don't know very much, and so you're in the same boat you're in right now. And so the idea behind this was to commoditize or productize all of that knowledge, and run was basically called an asset-based consulting firm, the assets being in the materials that you use. And my dream was to create an organization that was the the first place that anybody would go. If you're in small business and you got a problem and you believe you can solve it yourself, everything that we do is DIY. That was my dream. Or DIY Plus. In other words, if you wanted to buy some help on top of that, then you could buy that rather than just going and getting coaching because I'm not sure how effective business coaching is for the most part. Now I'm not putting down... The industry there's some great coaches out there but fundamentally with business coaches if you don't do what you said you're going to do you're in the same spot you're in and so I I had a very much of a, a tool and application focus and that's where I wanted to be because my experience with uh, business owners was was really simple they need practical down-to-earth stuff that they can do and if they need a little help to ask for it and that's what we built but that was my dream and I wanted to glow grow a global company and so I constantly come back to that Uh, the second, so that's just one example of what's your dream for your business and dream big. I'm not telling you how big you got to be. I'm simply saying dream big. Don't limit yourself to go, well, I'll never get there. Don't do that in your dream. How big do you want to be? How important do you want the company to be? How significant do you want it in its industry? And what is it doing for its stakeholders? Then the other one is what's the end game? Okay. How are you going to repay yourself? For all the investment and sacrifice that you have made over the years. Because I, I think the money is significant, but I think it's the time and all the things that you don't do, whether it's with your family or it's hobbies that you have or with friends or travel, it doesn't matter, is that there's a lot of sacrifice involved with owning your own company and signing your own checks. So, what is your end game? So, now if you think about end game, you know, you basically have a couple options. One is you just let the thing die. In other words, you just run it to the ground, and when it's done, it's done, you walk away. That's viable if the if, if your business model fits that. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, a, a variation of that is you decide to liquidate. In other words, at some point you go, uh, when we get to this level, I'm done, and I'm selling off all the assets. A third one is that you could just outright sell the company. Uh, you could sell the company to a competitor, somebody new coming into the market, Or you could sell it to the employees, and I'm going to come back to that later in the season because we've got one whole show on ESOPs, which is employee stock option plans, what I think is one of the great ways of business owners getting out of the business but maintaining some involvement in it yet and having people that really understand it so the chances of success are pretty good. Uh, Or you could merge the businesses. You could find another company that's in your market, and let's say that, you know, between the two of you, you have about 30, 40% of the market. Then maybe merging the two businesses together and suddenly you become the, the big dog, the dominant dog in the marketplace. But the last one, and it's where I'm going, is I, I want to IPO the business. I want to take it to the point where uh, I, I want to expand what we're doing in our three centers, We uh, really four centers um, here in Richmond, Kansas City, Las Vegas, and that covers the United States and right now in uh, Calgary, Alberta. And I want to get those up to a certain level of revenue. And then what I want to do is I want to franchise it. And then once it's franchised, I want to look at going and doing an IPO. That's where I want to take it. So I'm not recommending that's what you do because if you're publicly traded, you got a whole, you got the good news is you got a incredible access to capital, which is what it takes to grow a company. And the bad news is you've surrendered some, if not most of the control of the business, you got shareholders, you got issues. So the good news is you got money. Bad news is you got a lot more complication to run the business. So I'm not telling you which to do, but what I'm saying to you is that you need to decide today. I This is like the opening question that I ask when I start working with a client. Two things. One is what was your dream? What was it that you intended to do when you started this? Because that'll give me something to come back to, to say, okay, how are you doing on the dream? And that leads to a very frank, conversations. On the other hand is, okay, now how do you intend to get out? And what I find is they're fairly good at providing the dream. They can think back on it. They may have even written it down, but the end game is the one where they're like, they haven't come up with it. And I've got some partners here in the area who are in the business broker business. Uh, Michael Mitchell here uh, is one who's a, who's a great guy. Uh, but I can tell you from talking to Michael and what I've seen is that less than 20% of the business owners are happy when they get that that valuation. In other words, you you get a broker and say, okay, I'm ready to sell. Let's say you're going to sell on the outside. You're not going to do an ESOP and so you're going to sell the business and they come in and do a valuation and you're shocked. You're absolutely shocked on what the business isn't worth. And what happens here is that you don't understand how the business is valued um, then, and you don't understand the market, therefore, you don't get it. And so I would say to you that if you wanted to start this process, writing the obituary would be a good place to go. But I'd also say to you um, is to then take a look at having a business broker coming in and, you know, the price is variable anywhere from free to build a relationship over time to maybe a couple thousand dollars, but have them evaluate the company and what's important there are two things you're going to learn from this. The first one is important. The second one is essential. The first thing is what is currently worth. And so you can kind of align your expectations with reality. The second thing, which I consider to be more important is when you get the explanation of what it's worth or not worth and what they looked at to value the business, that is the work list that you want to, you want to target. Because if I'm going to make an investment in my company, okay, let's say I've, I've got profit left over. I've got something in retained earnings and the way the U S tax code works is that if you reinvest in the firm, that reinvestment is pre-tax dollars. Um, so you don't have to pay tax on that. So you take certain part of retained earnings, you invest it in the company. Well, it would be very helpful to understand where the valuations are. So it could be that, for example, a new computer system is not going to add any value on the bottom line of the company. On the other hand, you need it. So you make that decision knowing, okay, I'm going to spend $20,000 or $30,000 in new computer system, and I'm not going to get anything for that. Okay. You know that going in. On the other hand, it could be that if you were instead of leasing the building to buy it, that would add, that would double the valuation of the company. Then one of the things to consider is probably owning your own property. And of course there's things you can do there where you buy it personally and you lease it back to the company. I, that's good for kind of getting revenue out of the business instead of taking salary. My recommendation is not to do that, but do it as a business because if you do it yourself and lease it to the company, you're in the same spot you're in. And so owning the property uh, might be the best choice that you make. Uh, So I can't tell you for your own business where that's at, but let me tell you a few things I've learned. For example, when they do the valuation of the business, if you don't have any processes built, which is the sole focus of season two, when we talked about, uh, um, it's not what you uh, make; it's what you keep. Uh, the whole, the sole focus there was to build processes around the company. I can tell you right now, you can cut the value of your company in half if there is no processes there, because you'll say, "Well, you know, I got a million dollars, or two million dollars, or three million dollars, or three hundred thousand dollars of book business every year, client list." What I can tell you right now is that there is no guarantee that the new owners are going to be able to take the client list over and make it perform at the same level you did, let alone better. And so what I'm finding is that typically you get 50 cents on the dollar. And so if you, if you got $500,000 in sales thinking that your company's worth $500,000, consider this, you're probably going to get it valued at 250 grand. And then they're going to look at other things like assets. And if you don't have any assets, um, that's what it's worth. And so, but you need to get that reality therapy. You need to get that shocker so that you can say, okay, here is what it's really worth. It doesn't matter what I think. It it matters what the broker says. And also the broker will give give you two numbers. One is what the business is worth. And now currently given the market, what you might be able to get for it. And it may be less or more depending upon uh, where the economy is. Right now today, you could probably make a little bit more than the valuation. Um, If we go back three years ago, you would have made a lot less than the valuation because people didn't have their free capital. Okay, so now, Let's go back to the proposition of the obituary. And by the way, if you want to talk about um, the end game and how to get out and all this issue about brokers, all that, 804-454-1366. That's 804-454-1366. And what we'll do is um, we'll talk about that on the air. Okay? So let let me go through the questions again that you'll find. How old were you? What did you die of? Where did you die? And what were you doing? What are the major roles that you have played in your lifetime? Uh, while playing those roles, what did you achieve or accomplish? When playing those roles, what activities that you engaged in that led to that? What role did the business play in your life? And finally, uh, what do you what did you do with the business? Sell it, merge, liquidate, IPO, etc. And I heartily recommend that you write that obituary. If you get anything out of this season, there's lots of good things I think because otherwise it wouldn't be on the air every Friday. But if you get one thing from here is that if you were to take answer those questions and then write a narrative, write a narrative, I think that you will have cleared your head on where you're taking this thing and where does it fit into your life. Okay. Um, let me uh, conclude the conversation with this is that I have a, I have a good friend who is, uh, who's a storyteller and uh, uh, Gail. And what he, he's really good at is t- helping people shape, shape their story. Now I'm not recommending it necessarily. You do this, but you could, if you wanted to take a look at how to tell a story, because you tell the story about your life, just like you tell the story about the business. And that is what the story becomes is self-talk you know what we need because here's what happens to most of us i i've been through this in the last couple of weeks so this is personal and it's and uh, and i'm speaking from the heart here is that we go through periods you know of, of incredible enthusiasm and depression you know in other words if we were to look we were to be looked at by uh, some sort of psychiatrist most business owners are you know manic depressives in that when things are good, we're all charged up. And what happens is we get this hubris about, you know, we're, wow, we're great. We can do, we can do no wrong. You know, I can make anything work. And this is where you typically see when you're on the upswing in a business, you make bad decisions. And, and I'm sure you've been there. I've been, when I was doing a a turnaround a couple of years ago in Southwest Virginia, one of the things that I encountered is that that's exactly what happened to the owner. Owner, a great guy. Um, great family, but the problem with the owner is when he got money, when he successfully got money, he ventured off into things that he really didn't give a lot of thought to. And then he got started, and then it's an interesting dynamic about decision-making. We talked about this uh, before, and I'm going to talk about it again this season, and that is what happens when you don't do your homework and you, you really don't do the due diligence that you need when you before you make a major decision that's going to take an investment or it's going to steal your time, um, is that you make the decision fast and then you second-guess yourself so the implementation is delayed and you, there's no sense of urgency with the implementation. Effective decision-making, I think in life, but in business, I can speak to this with a lot more authority, is take as much time as you can to make the decision and then, you know, if, you, if you're given 24 hours, take the 24 hours. If you got two weeks, take the two weeks. Take as much time as you can to make the decision because what you want to do is you want to act with absolute urgency. And so getting back to the point here is that this manic depressive business owner, and I'm one of them, is that when things are good, you have a tendency to make bad decisions because you believe in your your own abilities. There's a lot of hubris in that. I wouldn't call it arrogance, but a lot of hubris. And then what happens is you, you go down tracks and then you, you cost the business, and then when things are bad, let's go talk to the other side, you get so depressed that you stop doing stuff. I mean, you've you got no enthusiasm for the business. Um, you're not looking forward to going to work. The stuff that really should be done long-term in the company doesn't get done because you don't have the energy or the mental bandwidth to go after it. And so that's why I would say is that by doing this up front, you begin to kind of establish for yourself, a story, a self-talk story that you're telling yourself all the time. And what you want is a positive reinforcement. You want constantly reinforcing the things that you're good at, where you want to go, and the things that are right for your life, which includes the things that are right for your business. Now, next week, when we go to the show four seven next Friday, what we're going to do there is we're going to get into, okay, now that you've done this, let's turn that into a five-year business plan. And when I say business plan, I'm not talking about the, the traditional business plan that you put together that uh, the bank, if you're going to go get a line of credit, the bank's going to want to see that. I mean, I just did this drill for a company in Toronto. Uh, they're going to the Canadian Development Bank. Uh, they need both a line of credit and uh, a, capital in, a loan for capital investment. The bank is not going to give them the line of credit, but they can get the capital investment. And um, I wrote a, I think it's at 31 pages now, business plan of analysis of the market and all the traditional things that you do. I'm not talking about that. I mean, when you got to do that, do that. And if you don't have one, you probably should do one. I'm talking about what are you going to look at every day? What are you going to look at, just like your obituary, what are you going to look at to say this is what's critical? And one of the things that doing this drill on the obituary uh, is going to be helpful on is that most business owners say, well, I don't have the time and that's a cop out. I know stuff happens every day that demands your time. Got it. I live the same life. However, when you say, well, I don't have any time cause I got all these other things coming in. Understand the only person who controls your calendar is you. You make the decision of what gets in and what doesn't. Now you got a critical customer, it's a huge account there's a crisis you got to deal with it i get that but that is not the 8 10 12 14 15 hour day that you work six days a week or seven days a week whatever whatever you're doing and so the the real issue here is you must own your calendar the discipline here is your calendar is the most important thing that you've got and having that obituary in front of you helps you begin to say here are the things that are critical so you don't you don't miss the little league game or you don't miss the high school football game or you don't miss the dance recital or you, you you don't turn down an opportunity to take out your husband or wife or your significant other for dinner because you haven't seen each other in a week and haven't had a real conversation this will help you do that but also it'll help you on the business to say that activity is not going to drive me to where i want to go and as a business coach i cannot impose that discipline upon you I can Hector you on that. I can give you a hard time. I can call you out. I can do all that stuff. The bottom line is I can't do anything about your unwillingness, not inability, your unwillingness to manage your own calendar. And so what we're going to do next week is we're going to talk about an operational plan of how do I get to where I am at to where I want to be in five years. Now I'm just going to take a five-year focus. So if you're talking 20 years in the future, you'll have multiple five-year plans. I would not put together a five-year plan, a 10-year plan, a 15-year plan, a 20-year plan. The reason for it is none of us are smart enough to know where we're at. What we do with the five-year plan is we say, where do we want to be in five years? And then we put put together the plan for year one and year two. And that's it. Because what will happen is by the end of year one, you're going to rewrite year two, and then you're going to do year three. And this is the way of kind of looking at this as a, a set of stairs, as you step up but if you can't do that you really are going to be stuck where you are uh, so that is kind of where I wanted to take the show today uh, I can't emphasize enough is that writing your obituary is critical because it'll kind of cement your thoughts and it'll be part of your self-talk of what you're saying to yourself every day especially in the bad days when you're depressed you don't want to work you don't want to go you don't want to go to work you don't want to do anything and those are the days we need to remind yourself why you're doing this, you know, the old joke of, you know, when you drain the swamp, sometimes we've, you know, when you're surrounded in alligators and snakes, you forget, you forgot why you were draining the swamp. You got to, as a business owner, you got to constantly remind yourself every, every day of why you're draining the swamp. I look at my obituary every morning. That's how I start my day. Before I look at email, before I look at the news, before I look at what I need to write that day, because I write for a number of trade publications and almost every day I'm writing 500 to a thousand words for somebody on some topic related to business before the day starts I get my coffee I read my obit and go this is where we're going and then I look at my five-year plan and this is the plans I put together to move me forward and then after that then I attack the day and what I find is mentally it helps me go this thing maybe have to be handled um, and I'll handle it but it's not helping me something else comes up let it go for right now. It is not critical because the stuff I've got on my calendar um, is critical to me. And what I do is I plan half my day. So uh, I typically work a twelve-hour day, six days planned, six day six hours six hours are planned, six hours are not. And so that's when I deal with the stuff that comes in. And if nothing's coming in, then I just work on my list. So how do you get all this information? Well, GrowthRadio.biz. You go to the website um, and what you'll find under podcast here in about an hour. I'll have today's show up. So you'll be able to listen to it. You'll also find the notes over on the blog page. And if you're having a hard time with the read me and like I said, Andy uh, Shulick from metamorphosis management consultant gave us a call today and uh, said that he couldn't get that to open. Uh, What I'll do is I'll post another one up there uh, with the remaining information. So you've got it. And so, Understand the philosophy of the show. It's real simple. We're doing training and consulting on the radio. I'm, I'm not trying to play a talking head, and I'm not trying to be an expert or anything. What I'm trying to do is talk to people about what you need to do to grow your company um, and that you listen to the show, you download the notes, and you act on it. And uh, next week, I'm going to have the second phase of the assessment, and it's going to be called Where Are You? So with that, uh, have a great weekend, a great business week next week. This is Eastman, and uh, uh, Eastman out.